This is the Press Play Podcast, powered by Explainify. Join us as we dispel the mystery that surrounds video, the world's most popular medium for communication. We'll share our expertise and provide the best analyses, strategies, and practices as we show you how to establish brand awareness, create noteworthy educational content, and drive insane amounts of revenue. Here's your host, Garrett Gerber. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Press Play. I am your host, Derek Gerber, and today I am so excited to have Jeff Webster, VP of Corporate Sponsorships at the new Seattle Kraken NHL hockey team. Welcome, Jeff. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Derek. Yes, of course. You're getting a lot of screen time lately, so here's a little bit more, but we're super excited to have you on the show. Please tell the people who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Jeff Webster. I oversee uh, partnerships and have the opportunity to work here in Seattle with the Seattle Kraken, the Climate Pledge Arena, our brand new Kraken community, Iceplex, which is the headquarters of the Seattle Kraken and home for youth winter sports in the Pacific Northwest, as well as the Seattle Center campus um, immediately uh, surrounding Climate Pledge Arena, all kinds of fun stuff. I love it. The Seattle area is not only beautiful, but thriving with innovation and excitement, especially with expansions like this. I get really hyped up when I hear all of the things that are affected and associated with with that one brand. But again, there's not enough time to explain all the different things that Jeff can impact today. So we're here to tell that story and bring it to life. So when when we're all looking at this new season coming around the corner, the, the new normal for everyone, the new new. You're in Seattle on the cutting edge and innovative technologies and branding experiences. What would you like to share with the audience today? What what has your journey been bringing this whole thing to life with the team? It's been quite a journey. That's the word I would use for sure. Um, we I started in particular nearly three years ago on this project. And at that time, it was nothing more than um, a vision. Uh, we were sitting around in a conference room on Monday morning, all staff meetings with less than 20 of us, which has now become more than 200 of us a few years later, um, just trying to, you know, put all the pieces to the puzzle together. At that time, we didn't have a team name. We didn't have an arena name. We certainly didn't have players or coaches or anything, um, but we had the fans and uh, we had the fans early and often, and that's really what this whole project has been about for us. They came out in droves early on and had the most successful launch in the history of any expansion team in terms of the season ticket deposits, 10,000 in the first 12 minutes. And that set, set, uh, help us set sail on what has been pretty incredible process of just knocking out milestones one after another over the last uh, few years. I got to say, from what you're saying right now to the rest of the audience, most of the guests we've had have been around, have had a brand, get to tell that whole story. This is opening page one of a new book, if you would. While there's some definite preludes in there that got the chapter started, of course, now you get to see this come to life. And Jeff is the one who is in charge of, well, let's just say of it all. <laughs> all the things come to him for this bucket, of course, which is why we're here. But I want to I want to know more about the fan base and the stories to be tell uh, to be told by everyone else who's going to be adopting this, right? You know, there's so many people, the hype was there, the need was there, 
but there wasn't a team name, but it wasn't about the team name. And now it's the brand. Now we get to invent that story and start writing it from scratch. So what, what's the, the fan base's reaction been like so far beyond the season ticket sales, of course, but how are people telling the story about you already? Well, we've been fortunate, extremely fortunate. And I think you see it with the other sports teams in this town and in Seattle, they have set the bar for sure. And I think whether it's the 12th man or just how successful the Sounders have been and, you know, so on and so forth with the other teams, the Mariners and um, Storm and others in this city, they they have really wrote the script for us to follow. And I think from from our perspective, you know, there was Seattle's the largest city in America without a winter sports team, that being NHL or NBA. I think most people know the storyline of the Seattle Supersonics and what happened there. And there's still, you know, thousands and thousands of people, not just in Seattle, but in this whole Pacific North Re- Northwest region who um, feel that uh, emptiness of what we what we what left us in terms of the Sonics. And, you know, there's such a home uh, or such a history, I should say, of music here in Seattle, but never has there really been a home for music. And so. The biggest issue was the arena, and we needed a world-class arena in order to welcome a new team to town and in order to host the world-class music that Seattle deserves. And I think the the fans here um, saw what we're doing right now maybe as a bit of a prelude to the Sonics ultimately, possibly, maybe one day soon coming back. Um, but what we also found was there was tremendous love for the sport of hockey here. And for some of us, that was news um, that we maybe didn't know. There's incredibly successful minor league teams, three of them, in fact, um, in the WHL that play in the state of Washington. Uh, but we kind of relived and unearthed some history of hockey here in Seattle with the Seattle Metropolitans. They were the first team ever to win the first American team to win the Stanley Cup in 1917. Um, and you see some of those throwback jerseys floating around town here. But I think people in Seattle take such pride in, you know, the the loud factor of games here. It's something that's well reported on and. I think, you know, just all of the hope that we this new arena brought for not only the Kraken now, but the future of sports and entertainment in the city was something that really got everyone excited. Now, that's something I want to talk about just because I'm very much into technology, into to software. It's my background, but also living down the street from the, the new SoFi Stadium was also a huge venture. And new arenas today have... Well, uh, miles ahead, new uh, miles ahead in terms of their innovation and development and new technologies available. But I, I want to hear from you. What excites you about the new location? What what comes to life that didn't before for the fans? Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty remarkable project. So um, for those who don't know, the old Key Arena um, and, and formerly known by several other names throughout history is located right in the middle of a park in the city of Seattle. It's adjacent to the Space Needle in the Seattle Center campus, which is also home to the ballet and the opera and the children's theater and the repertory theater and the Pacific Science Center. It's really a a home for arts and culture in the city of Seattle. And it's the arena has been there since the World's Fair, since 1962. So the, um, the Space Needle was built that year for the World's Fair. 
and not quite as well known, but uh, is the fact that the arena has been around equally as long. So what's really remarkable about this project is that the roof of the arena is actually a historic landmark. So part of the reason why I mentioned earlier, Seattle's the largest city without a NBA or NHL franchise. It's not that there haven't been attempts or desires to bring those sports here. It's just been a challenge to um, fix you know, the, the arena situation because, you know, developers have come and they see that roof and is like, wow, how could we do this? So to put it all in a nutshell, really oversimplify it, we held up, uh, suspended, we dug a retaining wall around the perimeter of the arena. We cemented in 60 foot tall, temporary steel columns. We dug out 500,000 cubic yards of dirt And eventually there was a 44 million pound roof that was just suspended, hanging in midair, just like a giant wedding tent would be, uh, so to speak, out on the the property of the old arena. And then underneath that um, 44 million pound canopy, we erected um, a $1.2 billion new arena or ship in a bottle, um, as we like to refer to it as. And reattached the steel to the roof, the new arena, the old arena is about 400,000 square feet. The new one is about 900,000. So more than double the size. And the really unique part about our venue is when you enter almost 90% of the seats are underground. So um, the arena is really, really sleek. Um, It's low to the ground. The roof line is still exactly the same as it was back in the world's fair Um, It's surrounded by trees in a park. It's beautiful, um, as our CEO likes to call it, the most beautiful arena in the world. So when you walk in, even if you have a suite or, you know, to get to your seat, you go down, you go underground to get there, which that's really led to it being super intimate. The bowl has gotten closer to the the ice or the court than it used to be. Sight lines are amazing. And even psychologically, if you have the highest seat in the building, when you walk in, you may only need to go up eight steps to get there um, because of how subterranean the whole thing is. So it's pretty amazing. What we're really doing is marrying such great history with innovation in terms of the technology and the fan experience that makes up a modern day um, arena, especially one in a city like Seattle where technology is so prevalent that we need to meet the fans' expectations in that regard. Now, how is that for a story, right? We come here for the stories. Things for inspiration of genuine help that excite us all. And I got to say, to go and completely renovate and bring the whole new opportunity to life with that beautiful stadium while suspending the old roof, so it's a testament to Seattle, right? I mean, you've got the historic, but look at all the new at the foundation. And I think that's what's really nice about it is that from the story, from the fans to the brand, and all the other uh, relationships and cultural stories in between, this is going to be a new, exciting book to write history in. And I do feel like there's nothing but attachment and excitement coming from everyone, of course. But when it gets into uh, the, the the partners that you have, the clients and and you know supporting founders, um, what are they most excited about? What are their what are their upcoming campaign ideas that are really going to you know wow and excite us all? Well, it's been such a privilege to work with this business community. And of course, we have some of our strongest supporters are here locally. Uh, Many are regionally. Some are certainly national or global in terms of who we've partnered with. I think just going back to what I started um, saying in that, you know, years ago when we started this whole journey, 
it was it was just a vision and it's pretty amazing to me really and to our team in fact i mean we spend a lot of time um appreciating the fact that when some of our for example symmetra was our very first founding partner and they're going on more than a two-year anniversary with us now and for them to have seen the vision of something that literally hadn't even broken ground yet that had no name or logo to it that um, had not had any of the um, success in terms of the fan interest or fan base yet is is really the foresight that they had and and us building it together was something that I think is really unique to this project. The companies and corporations and groups in this region have such a heart for sports. And I think it's because they know that the fans and the people of this region have a heart for it. And that's, you know, one of the best ways that they can connect um, with those potential customers and such. Um, And, you know, our Todd Lewicki, our CEO, often likes to use um, a phrase just that, you know, if a partnership is done right, that they're going to borrow great equity from us. But if it's done really, really well, we're going to borrow some equity back from them also. And you look at some of the brands that we've partnered with, the Alaska Airlines, the Symmetra's, the Starbucks's, the Amazon's, and the type of um, equity they've brought to us and to our project um, and credibility as well to our project has really, um, I think, set us apart on our journey. It's catapulted us in a number of ways. You look at our relationship with Amazon and to their credit, I mean, it, of course, every you start a project like this in a town like ours, who's the first company you're going to want to get in touch with is uh, obviously the Amazon comes to mind. But everyone's tried this with them before. Everyone's tried the naming rights, what not just here in Seattle, but all around the world, and they've never done it. And to their credit they were not interested in putting Amazon arena or AWS arena on the roof. They, they wanted to look at this in a new innovative, innovative way as a way to give back and, uh, you know, give back locally to this community. But for them, they're always thinking big and global. And so hence comes the birth of the, the climate pledge and being the first arena to be named after a cause instead of a corporation and I think when you look at that, that's one of the relationships that's really, you know, taken us to new heights in terms of our story. We were going to be a sustainable venue and a sustainable franchise and organization either way, because how could you not be in a city like Seattle? But to be the most sustainable arena ever built in the world, to be the first ever net zero carbon venue in sports and entertainment, to, you know, be the first ever all electric um, arena and eliminate natural gas. I mean, these are things that our our uh, region can get behind, and they're things that our whole industry can get behind. We're you know others have maybe thought of these things, but didn't have the partner to help them bring it all to life the way that Amazon has with us, and that that alone has been extremely rewarding for the fans, for us, for our partners, and otherwise. And just one example of how. A partner has helped um, to take our journey and bring it to new heights. Well, and, you know, when you go and you reach out and you have to get the word out there, we know that from a digital side, social media plays, getting the community involved, sharing these stories, sometimes they're best served through video. 
but what has been your experience of bringing these stories to life for the community? What other, how are you telling this message to the community so that they know these things? You're here. That's one of them. But in other ways in the background, can you share some stories around maybe some campaigns or maybe even some events that took place recently that got the people hyped up? Yeah. I mean, the, when we, is pretty crazy process to have announced our um, team name and, and brand and logo and the way that we did, because we had to transition it uh, as at least what our idea of it was um, many different times based on um, the pandemic that was um, in full force by then. And so what would have normally been an in-person event with thousands of people Um, transition time and time again. And in fact, what we ended up doing was uh, a really intimate, really memorable experience inside of our, um, underneath the canopy of our arena. It was before we had started erecting the steel and building the arena back up underneath the the hole, uh, uh, so to speak. And we had all the workers, thousands of men and women who were building the actual arena come down socially distant and we raised a gigantic biggest banner I've ever seen um, up to the rafters of Climate Pledge Arena, um, which was really a surreal experience. And at the same moment, and maybe some have seen it, if not, um, I think it's still pinned to the top of our Twitter page, but we uh, launched, did a brand launch video. And um, we that was really for us at the night before we did a teaser video that I think got people really excited. It got some buzz and some speculation on what might happen the next day. Um, And just enough of some clues that I think it made it exciting, but didn't give it away. And then that brand launch video has followed us everywhere we've gone. I mean, it's been, um, you know, reposted many, 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 many times, especially by, you know, influencers and others around our industry. I think it was something that we were really proud of as far as being part of our brand launch. And that video lives forever. I mean, that will always be the moment that we released our team name um, and our brand with that sort of intimate moment at the same time, simultaneously happening inside of our arena. Um, And there's been lots of other Examples, you know, we have um, over over the course of the last six months or so to a year, we really started messaging um, the arena and what that's going to mean in terms of just educating people on sustainability and the marketing process for the arena is totally different. I mean, we have to promote shows and promote concerts and um, one-off events, and so how do we create a brand for the arena that lives beyond? just those, you know, um, transactional one night concert shows. And some of that we've done with video as well. We have a new series called CPA Explains, Climate Pledge Arena Explains, which is really, uh, it's in-house created animation um, that is telling a really unique and easy to follow story um, that's fun with infographics and animations, as I mentioned, to give people an understanding of just how far we're taking our sustainability commitments, how unique they are, how proud our fans should be, and also how they can help contribute uh, in a positive way to what we're trying to accomplish. So there's many examples. I mean, it's been incredible. Our our expansion draft and um, you name it, that has had a tremendous amount of marketing um, uh, efforts behind it. But those are just a couple of examples. And you know, like I got really excited when I heard the 
short animated explainer video concept because that's the winning word here. Um, yes, that's what Explainify does for a living. But for the audience, the three pillars we always talk about in these scenarios are awareness, education, and revenue. Again, there are, are videos that you'll see online that are just about converting, and we understand that. But in this instance, we were hearing branding, PR, building culture, building community, getting the word out, talking about the Climate Pledge Arena's green initiatives, not trying to sell somebody a hot dog, which is not wrong. I'm just saying that there are multiple purposes and branding platforms for a reason. This is why we talk about the three pillars on the show. So that's what gets me excited is that it's not a promotional thing per se. It's about, they didn't slap their logo on it. They made it a whole initiative to get done with that. So what, what in your mind, how do you personally feel about the way it's been explained? And what are some of the next steps of generating more of that community knowledge and impact? Well, I mean, community for us is um, at the center of everything we've done since we started this. And I think there's many examples of that. You don't have to go far to find them. I mean, you could find a laundry list of articles if you Googled Seattle Kraken or Climate Pledge Arena and community or especially diversity. um, That's been a huge, huge um, focus and priority for us since day one. I think you look at the makeup of our front office and our organization, and we certainly look different. Um, We look different than any sports franchise or entertainment property I've ever been a part of. And it's something I'm really proud to to, uh, contribute towards in terms of just the way that we're hiring, the way that we're looking even outside of sports for a lot of people. Um, And so, for us, community is first and foremost, it's the bedrock of our organization and our focus. So a- another example is our um, training center, um, our Kraken Community Iceplex, which has three sheets of ice. It will be the headquarters for our for our team. It'll be our front office um, day-to-day, um, you know, where our staff goes to work, where I go to work. But it's also built for the community. So when our team isn't practicing on the first rink, all three rinks will be open to the public every day. You know, it's one of the, for any of those hockey moms or dads or people out there, it's, you've been there, it's the 5am to 1am, you know, um, hourly skate rentals for academies, for youth sports, for adult leagues, figure skating, you name it. And one of the most unique parts about it, I think is um, just bringing it back to community is that, Uh, When our team isn't practice, or I'm sorry, when our team is practicing on rink one, all practices will be free and open to the public. So a kid on rink two or three after their practice is over can come take their gear off and sit in the stands with mom and dad. There's a thousand seats adjacent to um, our NHL rink and they can connect with our players, connect with our organization and really start to build the grassroots um, following among and, and help grow the game um, here in the Pacific Northwest. That's right. And that, that's an amazing story is it's all coming back and feeding the community. And I feel like after all that time, all that buildup, all that pressure, it's being done the right way. It's not about the logo. It's about the community. It's about inspiring that next generation, if you would, uh, and, and really expanding the foundation of the whole entire hockey platform altogether. And that's the right way to do it. And that's what I love is it's genuine, it's insightful, and it's helpful, just like all video content should be. And I love that. So when it comes to when it comes to next steps in the next year, what can we expect? Maybe the next couple of months you have something you could share, but what's it look like going out into the future of the new normal? I guess we're still figuring out what the new normal is, 
but you know, sh- share a little bit as we start to return to in-person events and things like that. Yeah, we have. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. There's been a lot of milestones over the course of the last few years for us in building towards what will eventually be the opening of this beautiful new arena and our team hitting the ice. We still have some milestones to uh, knock off between now and and ultimately when we welcome fans into our building. We're going to do the inaugural opening of our Kraken Community Iceplex in the coming weeks. We're ultimately going to have training camp there. Um, once our players all relocate, it's pretty crazy experience and expansion draft. You get 30 guys who are located somewhere around North America right now who are, some have families and, um, some don't, you know, maybe coming here on their own, but they're all uprooting their lives and moving to Seattle and we got to welcome them. And then we got to quickly turn them into a team, um, when they take the ice that, you know, shortly thereafter will be. Um, playing, you know, in the regular season NHL game, we got to launch our jersey. We've now launched the design of it, but we have just based on um, lead times, haven't had actual jerseys for sale. So we'll do that soon. We've got forty or fifty thousand of them on their way to Seattle for a launch um, to the public before long. Uh, we've got a membership launch coming up, so you know, there's some more increment and. Um, probably the largest of which of milestones is is just completing construction on, on our arena. That's a huge, huge priority. Um, we've been hiring people like crazy. We've hired probably over 100 people during COVID, So, um, which many of which we still haven't met yet. It's going to be like the first day of school when we're all in this new office together and can meet the folks who've joined us virtually over the past year or so. But uh, to answer your specific question, as far as what it looks like for fan attendance and whatnot in the fall, um, we have a team who's working relentlessly on that. Um, you know, they follow the the state and the regulations um, very, very closely as our staff then follows it in the meantime until we are allowed to uh, have fans enter. You know, we thank our lucky stars that the timing of our project has been such that maybe it's given some fans um, some hope because we've all the timing has always been sort of when we felt like we'd be on the tail end of things and be allowed to allow fans in again. Um, you know, it's it's a challenge, but one that we're up to, uh, whether it's proof of vaccination or negative tests or whatever the case may be, our first priority is making sure everybody's safe and filling up our arena uh, to the best of our ability. So that's certainly the plan. Well, that's awesome. And you know, you have the whole audience here rooting for you too. So maybe there are a few disgruntled fans, but they can't be there yet. So everyone has to be rooting for you. Um, no rivalries yet, but we'll be working on that, I believe. Um, all right. So then let me ask you, let me ask you one more thing, right? We like to bust a couple myths on this show. And so I'm sure that during your journey, going back to the start of the conversation, this entire story, You've been all over all these milestones. You've overcome all these big hurdles. You kept the old roof, went into the foundation, built a whole new foundation and slapped that roof back on. You shared all these awesome stories. Give me a couple myths that you think that people would bust, uh, you know, in, in working internally with your team. What would you like the audience to know about those things? Well, I think, you know, it's from the outside looking in, um, this has we've made a lot of the right moves and I think we've done that through over the course of time by having the right priorities, by focusing on community and diversity and making the fan, putting the fans first is really always 
our motto. And so, you know, with those guiding principles and some others, we've made um, some of the right turns, but I guess maybe, and I don't know if it's a myth, but I think from um, outside looking in, it, it might look easy. And, and uh, I think that's probably the primary thing I've learned is just, you know, a lot of us came here um, because of the opportunity to build something from scratch that's the coolest part about what we're doing. It's the most motivational part of it. And, um, but man, when you get into it, uh, you realize building something from scratch is hard. You know, it's the things and, and it's a beautiful thing because you get to take all the lessons learned and things that you wish you could have changed or done differently in other places. And you get to truly imagine it how you want to imagine it and then set out to build it. But when you're doing it for the very first time, you have don't have any historicals. You don't have, okay, this is how we did the event last year. Let's do it a little different and a little better this year. It's not, okay, we have this process. Let's improve on the process. We have nothing. And we had literally, you know, got here and sat around a conference room table and tried to figure out all the steps along the way that are required to um, put together a modern day sports franchise and, um, you know, world-class arena. And, and it's, it's a challenge, um, but, you know, one, we've all been privileged to go on, like I said, especially in this area with these, with these fans and uh, all the support we've had. So to all of those who heard, it is not easy to work in sports marketing. It takes a lot of work, especially when you got to go do it for the first time. Um, I think that's what's exciting is even in the area with all the innovation, the resources and everything else, it still started at a table. It still started at a meeting and said, hey, I have a crazy idea. And our clients trust us with the same thing. I've never done this before. How do I bring this to life? And that's what I see here happening in, in real time with the new brand in an already established market. But how is it going to differ? Here's how it's happening. You just heard the story. I think that's what's fun. So the myth to bust here is that, oh, it's easy. No, it's not. There is no easy street for any business. So just think about it like that. But how you embrace the community how you use the resources around you, how you use the resources to be genuine and authentic, that's the new normal. There's no corporate sheathing lather around that. It's us together in one meeting at a time per, per se here, and then just an idea that can catch fire and ignite like that. And in a couple of years, you get a whole new thing that's going to last decades. Uh, you know, This will be a story of the past, but we're opening that book right now. And I think that's what's so much fun about it is I just, I just love peeling back the layers on these stories. So Jeff, I just want to say personally, again, thank you so much. I've got a, a special heart, uh, a spot of my heart for these types of things, of course, but for the audience, hopefully you found that fun. Again, subscribe, hit like, do all the things for us. But again, keep an eye on the Seattle Kraken as they're coming to life. That's going to be so cool in the new stadium. We're super excited for you, Jeff. Thank you again. You're welcome on in the future. But uh, so that's that for this episode of Press Play. I've been your host, Derek Gerber, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much.